the doctors are like, she's probably not going to make it through the night. My mom ended up not dying that night. She lasted four more days until the last person came to go see her, which is insane how it worked. The hardest thing in the world to see like the life just leave my mom. Me being depressed and me crying about this nonstop is not doing her memory justice. Mm. She spread so much positivity in this world. That's something as a comedian that I get to do. I get to make people laugh. And that was like her favorite thing to do to keep people connected, like make people smile. And I realized that what I'm doing is doing her justice. And it makes me happy at this point. What are we here to talk about, Nick? Tell me, man. <laughs> your, uh, job, your new job at UPS? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. I've been wearing this all day. I didn't think about UPS once. No? I, I even left a package at home to have a package picked up by UPS. Mm -hmm. Wearing this outfit, I didn't put it together. No? Yeah, you look like you're proud that they got air conditioner in the new vans. <laughs> you're pumped. I thought I was going to hope you're going to compliment my thighs. You got good thighs. You think so? Yeah, good. Yeah, you got good legs. Are you being sarcastic as wrong? No. You got good legs. Thanks, man. No, they're good. All right, cool. We'll talk about that later. But Nick, this is uh, it's first time seeing you in a while. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to make this happen. I'm happy you're taking the time, so thank you. But I know you've had some experience with loss in your life. And um, I, would, I would love to hear a little bit about your story, wherever the hell you want to start and who will remember him. Okay. My mom passed when I was 17. It was right as I was graduating high school. But uh, the thing was, she she passed from cancer. But she got cancer when I was around 11, about 11 years old. Yeah, because my brother was like five. And um, it was crazy, too, because at the beginning when she first got it, she was told by the doctors that she only had six months to live. And um, at the time, you know, she was just pretty much said no because she was stubborn. You know, she's a Bronx girl, so she just said no. And then she went to uh, she went to see another doctor, and that doctor basically told them like that doctor was way off. You know, here's some things we can start to do. So she basically battled it for like I'd say the first couple years, like the first I guess I think it was like seven years, where it was like it was on and off. She would always be on and off. And the funny thing about her was like if you didn't know that she had cancer, you would just never know because she always never made anything about herself. Like you wouldn't even know she was sick. Like everybody she talked to was shocked when they found out that she had cancer because they're always like, oh, she's always asking me how I'm doing. You know, like yeah. she's always taking care of everybody else. And um, it got around to when I was, uh, I think it was right before graduation. My dad told me she only has like a little bit of time. I feel like actually the day before graduation. And I remember taking it real rough and being like, okay, I'm going to go out tonight for graduation and celebrate with my friends. And uh, the next day I had work, which sucked because I was, I drank like crazy because all that news, you know, and then <clears throat> it was after prom. So everyone's drinking or after uh, graduation, so everyone's drinking. And uh, I wasn't even a big drinker. So I was like done and I had work the next day. So I'm working at this grocery store and my uncle comes in the store and he goes, you need to leave work now. And I'm like, why? And he's like, your mom's in the hospital. Fuck. And um, I remember just going up to my manager and being like, hey, my mom's in the hospital. And this was the fuck part. I was like, my mom's in the hospital. I need to go. And she goes, can you see if you can get coverage first? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was one of those type of jobs. 
And then she was like, I was like, I'm, I'm leaving. And she's like, are you going to come back afterwards? And I was like, are you out of your fucking mind? You know? And I just walked out. It was one of the, like those jobs when you're a kid. They're yeah, like, oh, yeah. can you get co- your mom's on? Can you get coverage? You should have let us know in advance. You know, <laughs> if you've known for six years. Yeah, or something yeah. I'm sorry. I should I should have looked into it beforehand. Um, and then I get wow. my uncle. Um, he's usually like one of my talkative uncles, and um, he was just quiet in the car. And I remember him like speeding, and I'm asking him like, "What's going on?" And he's just like, not saying anything, and. I remember when we got a little closer, he's like, you just have to understand she's in a coma um, and we don't, she's not going to make it. And that shit, it like, it still was like, kind of like, I didn't believe it because my mom's had so many close calls and she's always fought through it. Right. And I remember getting to the hospital and when I saw her laying in the bed in the coma, it hit me and they're like, they, the doctors are like, she's probably not going to make it through the night, you know? And the, the crazy part was, I remember them saying that to me, but we had family coming from all over because they wanted to see her before she went. And what was so crazy to me was my mom ended up not dying that night. She lasted four more days until the last person came to go see her, which is, it was insane how it worked. You know, like, but the way the way it happened was still interesting to me to this day. Because when people say, "Do you think people who are in a coma could hear you?" I think I think that they can, and I think that they can understand because I could tell my mom was fighting to last that long. And then at one point, like I was in, I was just by her side for all those days. And I remember at one point, my grandma was like, "You got to go get food. You got to go eat something." And I was like, "Fine." And I took my little brother down to the, uh, to the, what's it called? Cafeteria. And we're just sitting there eating dog shit food, you know? <laughs> and I remember just being like, well, this was fun. I got to go back upstairs for, you know, for more fun. <laughs> and, you know, my brother was like five or six at the time. Oh, so he's just like following me. And I go to press the elevator and, uh, the elevator is just stuck. No one could get up. And what's interesting to me to this day, I'm not like one of those woo-woo, like, you know, like manifest numbers things. But like my number has always been because I wrestled 171 pounds and I've always seen that number everywhere. And I remember seeing the three elevators said one, seven, and one. Those are all the floors that they got stuck on. And it was interesting to me. And I remember just being like, tell my brother, you know, and he's like, huh, you know, and we get upstairs Finally, we had to walk up all those stairs and we finally get up to the room and I just hear my dad and my grandma crying. And <sighs> I just, I just knew it, you know? And it was the hardest thing in the world to see like the life just leave my mom, you know? And it was crazy because she's always been like the toughest person ever. Like you can't break her spirit. And just to, see that she finally let go. I was the most upset I ever was, but also from all the pain that I knew she went through to make sure that, like she told me, she's like, I'm not dying until you graduate school. And it happened the day after I graduated that she went into the hospital, you know? So I was upset, 
But at the same time, something in my brain was also grateful she made it that far and also happy that she wasn't in pain anymore. You know what I mean? Because she went through every key. Like she didn't like, she didn't have like, it was always, it was constantly spreading through her body. She had to get her breasts removed. She was taking pain medication that would make her like, her brain would freeze and she I'd see the worry in her eyes because like she could see that her brain wasn't able to understand what's going on at certain times, but she was still loose enough to know like, this is not good. So part of me was also like fine with the fact that she wasn't in pain anymore. And it, if you see me not crying right now, it's, it probably seems weird, but it's the fact that like, I got so much of my crying out then that, and I went through such a crazy, crazy deep depression afterwards that I remember telling myself at one point, cause I was in a bad place. Um, I remember like, I was just on my own. I was living out of my car at one point because it just went so far. Like I couldn't do anything. I had to drop out of school. And I remember just realizing, I'm like, oh, me being depressed and me crying about this nonstop is not doing her memory justice. Mm. You know? Like if I need to be as happy and as strong as she was. If I sit here crying, if I knew she could see me, she would be like, you need to get it together. Be happy you had the time you had with me, you know? So I promised myself at one point and it changed my life because I forever live in the idea that I need to always make her proud, you know? So mm. I don't get as emotional. I mean, I'm getting it a little bit now, but I, I constantly live as, as if, she spread so much positivity in this world. And that's something as a comedian that I get to do. I get to make people laugh. And that was like her favorite thing to do to keep people connected, like make people smile. And I realized that what I'm doing is doing her justice. And it makes me happy at this point. I mean, I always, you know, there's always those times here, you know how it is, like where it hits you hard mm -hmm. and you can't hold it in anymore. I'm really so proud of her of doing everything she did. Like she was, you know, a, she was dealt with a single mother, you know, and she was the first person in her, our whole family that ever went to college. And she did everything in her power to try and give me and my brother a better life. And it's just, it's tough. It's tough. Cause even just to live up to her is tough, you know, but that's what I do every day is I tell myself, am I making her proud? I mean, I'm, I, I'm going to say easy answer is yes, just based on everything you just said. I think this hands down, regardless of what you do. I think living with that mentality, not that my opinion means shit, but just based on what you're telling me, it's like living with that mantra alone, regardless of results. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's hard to wake up on the wrong side of the bed when you're like, I'm doing her justice. That's it, what I do every single day. It's hard to, hard to wake up. Right, 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 right. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I'm, I was mm -hmm. trying to make sense, but I probably said it like an idiot. But yeah, I think the fact that you are living in that, regardless of how long it took you to get there, that's it. What else can you do? The result, you got to let the cards fall where they fall. And if, based on what you tell me about your mother, mm -hmm. sounds like a tough New Yorker. Yes. It, 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 make, it makes sense. Yeah. And especially, you know, it's a lot to unpack about what you just said. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm trying to itemize everything you just told me. And the first one I want to say is, when the hell were you 171 pounds? Because you're not that anymore. I had to cut you? a lot okay. of weight. Yeah. <laughs> I had to lose 30 pounds every wrestling season. Jesus, that's yeah. unhealthy. I just want to get that out of the way. Mm -hmm. 
but I was I want to kind of go through all of it because definitely the the fact that you know she willed herself to where she is and she hit those dates and waited for that last person. Yeah. Me personally, my beliefs, I mean, besides the fact that the proof is in the pudding, it's mm-hmm. like, I've heard stories over stories, not in that exact situation, but I, that's real. Yeah. And clearly she did that. And it kind of really goes back to what you were saying that, you know, how are you going to live this life in depression and going in the wrong direction when she was constantly fighting? Yeah, like it was her dream for me to be, have a great life. And I'm like, what am I doing sitting around being depressed. And this is what she lived for. Why am I going to just do exactly the opposite of what she wanted by just like sulking all the time and not going anywhere? I'm like, this would be making her angry. Yeah. You know, like she would grab me by the ear and tell me to get my shit together. Maybe she, she was, did. You know, and so that's when did that, I know you told me when it happened, but was it just like a poof or what was it that gave you that thought you feel like it just literally came to you in like a yeah. dark moment yeah i remember just being sitting in my car alone and just like it just i was just like crying like i was like i cried a, a lot like like such a little like like a little bitch for so long nah, come on no but you know like, I, I know what you're saying but but like i remember just getting to a point where i was just out of tears and just being like what am i doing you know like this maybe, is maybe the that's opposite it. of what she wants. But maybe that's it. You know, you, you got, uh, who knows? But you got that out, and then uh, you said you maybe you ran out of fucking tears, and then there's like it's like a what do they call it? It's like a post nut clarity. Yeah, exactly. Only post grief mm-hmm. clarity. It's like exactly. maybe, maybe the thing the dust kind of settles, and it takes that time. Mm-hmm. Which I talk about all the time in this podcast. There's really no, you know, you see, you can relate this in so many aspects of life, whether it's success, grief, mm-hmm. comparison, there's a thief of joy type shit. But everyone. Goes through it differently. Yeah. As long as you go through it. I mean, I think, granted, you know, you weren't in places that you would like to be at. And obviously, Mm -hmm. you're doing great now. But maybe that's what it took. Yeah. And there was a situation pretty recently that… Because I'm usually pretty good. You know, I'm usually pretty good. And I'm usually pretty level-headed. But my brother said something to me a couple weeks ago that I couldn't do it. I couldn't break down in front of him. But I got to go in another room and just let it out. My brother, he's uh, five or six, like, like between five and six, like five and a half years younger than me. And he was like super young when it happened, you know? And he said to me the other day, he goes, what was mom like? He's like, I only like see pictures and stuff. And I've like, he's like, I feel like I never got to know mom, you know? And that hit me so hard that I'm like, that hurt. It hurt me so much to go through this. I couldn't imagine going through your whole life because it's it's hard. having a mom is you know and having a dad like having both are super important, but to not have that emotional thing behind you like your mom is usually that one that's that's there for you when things are going tough like that's always always for me. She was my best friend in the world. Like if anything was going on, I could talk to her and she would make me feel so much better. And it killed me so much that he d- didn't have that growing up, you know. And he turned out amazing. He turned out all, he's amazing. Like I'm so proud of him. So how old was he? Was he like because you were graduating high school? What, what was he like? Eleven, ten? Yeah, about eleven years old. Okay, that makes sense. So, and is your only brother? Yeah, there's mm-hmm. just two of you. So what, what? What was? Do you remember the dynamic of that time period when it happened? Because I was twelve. I remember jack shit, and you were like the age of like my sisters when it happened from in regards to me. So I'm just curious. What do you remember talking? To your brother or even any family, like, what was I had that process? To at one point at the funeral, because he did something kind of weird. I know. 
<laughs> so we were to start at a yeah. funeral. This is the two words. I mean, together. it's I I understood what he was doing, but like my family was like, you got to talk to him. Where he was, he went up to the where she was, and it was an open casket, and I guess he just wanted a picture to remember her, and he took like a selfie with her in the coffin. <laughs> Which oh. is kind of funny. I Looking mean, back, if he was like fourteen, fifty, I'd be even weirder. But you know, he's 11. yeah, he was so young that he just made that his cell phone background, and someone saw him open up his phone, and it was like a picture of him. With, and they're like, "You gotta tell him that's weird." <laughs> did you Did you tell him? Yeah, I was like, "Hey, man, uh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> that's strange." <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so fucking weird. I know it's fucked up to say, but it was like it was, it was, I felt bad, but it yes. was also really weird. Yeah, you know? it's definitely bizarre. Which was like a hilarious moment at that time for my family that like kind of like broke the that's kind of nice. broke the sadness. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was weird. But now that I've talked, I've been trying to talk to him more, but there's no like, there's no doing it justice of what she was actually like. Like, I could only explain so much of how she was. Like, I explained to him, like, one of the crazy things to me about her funeral was I didn't realize my mom was so active. And, like, remember AOL had, like, chat rooms and boards and stuff like that yeah. where you could, like, group up with people? Well, she was um, in, like, a breast cancer one. And I didn't realize how active she was in there because people came from all over the country. And there was all these people at her funeral that I've never saw before in my life. And so many people kept on coming up to me. And they kept on being like, your mom was the reason I was able to make it through chemo wow. or the reason I was able to be strong for my family, you know? And it, I, I like, my mom was a hero to me, but to be that to all these other people, and everyone said the same thing, like, she never once complained. Like, they're like, we all thought she was just doing better because she never even had any complaints at all. All she did was ask us how we're doing and what she could do for us. And it's like all these people that were at her funeral that, like, they're... They don't know who I am, but they, they're like, it's so amazing to meet you, and she is so proud of you. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I say it alludes to everything you just said and the way you want to live your life. It's it's, mm -hmm. it's it's cut and clear there. Yeah. So when I was explaining that to my brother and just like, I what I want to do is I, I got to figure out how to get tapes because we have so many old school like tapes of us. VHS? Yeah, like, so I got to get, like, VHS. I got to get him, like, a VHS player or something like that because he needs to see just, like... You can convert them. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, my, my family have a whole bunch of shit. My sister was in the... Pro it's been, like, 22 years of trying to get this going, but it's, it exists. You can just convert the VHS. That's, it's just, that's a great way. It's hard, for, it's hard for me to watch those things. Is it? Yeah. So you don't, you don't look at them? It's hard to, you know? Because just, like, every time I hear her voice, I just... I break down hard. Yeah, it's a it, but it's a great like it's out of happy. It's not like a sad feeling. It. It's just happy to hear my mom's voice again. It's funny because I I force myself to when I can get my hands on some footage to watch it to feel that. Yeah, yeah. I almost like do the opposite. I don't know if that's healthy. I oh, also to feel do, sad. Kinda. Yeah. No, like I, you know, I'm like like listening to emo music and watching my dad. <laughs> but like, yeah. I've also done the fucked up part. I said this before, of like rewatching the towers because I have a weird thought. I have a weird <sighs> process with like rewatching that footage. Not so much anymore, but definitely on the anniversary, it gets me. I don't think I do it as much anymore. But, and it's not, I'm not like taking selfies with anything, but yeah. I, I definitely <laughs> went through that probably way too much. But it is interesting because I, you know, I can't, I don't understand what you're feeling. I never will. But that, 
feeling of watching someone that's not here anymore is um, it's a weird place. Yeah, like, it's, like you said, it's not. It's kind of happy because like you know you see, get to mm-hmm. the only time you get to see him, yeah. or her, but it's it's like a weird hole. This is a hole, and I think it's like, that feeling you're never gonna have it again. You're never gonna have it again, and especially you and me, you know, grown like we're men now, and it's we're never gonna have those adult moments. Yeah. Oh it's, yeah. It's those adult. It's the, that's what hurts the most. It's the it's where I'm at now as a 34 year old man, and you know where you are. However, the whole thirty three, thirty three, thirty three, thirty the same age. It's like you know you have things like you're doing great. You're 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 successful. You're you have a, a beautiful girl, a puppy apparently, and you don't have these this moment to to share that with her, or even just call her. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? and it's that's it's one of the place. hardest things. Like whenever I have like an achievement, like I'm like, I got to talk to her like a like a crazy right. person. You know, like you're I talk, I still talk to her. Like she's still there all the time. It's good, but like it sucks that I can't call her and her be like, I'm so proud of you. Well, you, you know? know, she's saying that, right? I hope so. I know you questioned it earlier, but there's, I mean, um, I got like the chills on my, all my hairs and it's, she, especially the way you're describing your mom. Like, I, I don't have to, maybe I should tap into those VHS tapes, but she's, I guarantee she is. You gotta, I think you know that. Yeah. I think you know that. Yeah. Even if I look at old pictures, it's like just seeing her when she was healthy is like, it's just different too. Cause I, I remember Two different. They're both two different. I don't know if this makes sense. It's like I remember two different versions. Her healthy and her going through it. And as weird as it sounds, I like imagining my mom when she was going through it. I know most people don't, but it makes me so proud of how strong she was to have cancer spreading through her whole body. Like I get a stuffy nose, and I'm like, you know. And she had cancer that spread throughout her whole body and she still you didn't even know for years yeah you didn't even know and it's like like you said there's those things that just come up like as you're growing and things that you wish you could try i this was actually it's actually kind of sad but funny i the other day because me and my girl are planning our wedding and um i remember going through that thought how i'm not gonna have that dance with my mom my mom's not gonna see me get married and I was going for a walk through my neighborhood and uh, I was listening to music. And it was, I remember just thinking of the idea of like how nice it would be to have that dance there when I get married. And our song came on in my headphones and I started <laughs> get out of here crying while walking down the street, listening to More Than a Woman by the Bee Gees and singing it. <laughs> So any person around must have thought I was a psychopath. So I'm like, more than a woman. <laughs> and just crying. Just And I was wearing no shirt. So I'm just like jacked and know, sweaty like you. and yeah, crying. Yeah. They must be like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, not Natty. <laughs> I remember wiping my tears and going, oh, this is going to look weird to anyone that sees this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh, that's a good. Uh, what do you think about that? Because you mentioned the the one seven one and like the the synch- a little bit of synchronicities. And I know you say you're not woo woo, but the song comes on, and I, I I know this. I have this conversation all the time in this type of demographic of demographic of a conversation. Mm-hmm. But that uh, I always try to look at both sides. Cause I know I'm going to see it in the comments section, but the you know it's easy like that. Okay, the song came on, so big deal. But my thought process don't mind me going woo woo. Is that everything is energy? Mm-hmm. Literally everything. Or every us. Everything is energy. Mm-hmm. So energy. Why can't energy just communicate in that form? If you know, if she's still around, 
doing these weird things, perhaps. Maybe like the, I guess I very get signs that it's very like that's why questioning. I, that's why it's hard for me to say it out loud because if you say it, some people that might be like, well, okay, yeah, you, know, well, you know, most people are. They're yeah, like, yeah. they're just like, this is not real if it's not in a science textbook. So I usually don't. I usually refrain from talking about it to people because I don't. I don't ever want to push the way I feel on people. Fair. But I always felt like she, like, it was crazy at the beginning. I felt like everyone was getting signs except for me. But as I'm getting older, I'm, I always get signs that she's around me and, like, kind of, like, feel her presence. I have dreams where I've talked to her and it's so vivid that she's there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wake up and it's like my body has a feeling like we did just talk. So there are there are things that are unexplainable where… And those dreams are those dreams to me are like I wish I could have those dreams more often, you know. But it always feels like it's around a time where I really need it, like where I need to get my like my head straight or like I'm like kind of going the wrong way. And it, it, it's like she's always there. And even if she doesn't say anything in the dream, I wake up and I go, okay, I need to take a step back and I need to like take a deep breath. And make sure and analyze and make sure I'm doing things the right mm-hmm. way. There's a book I'm reading right now uh, called Signs by Laura Lynn Jackson. I got recommended by these other podcast girls. And uh, it talks about a lot of that. Because I, I believe in that shit. Mm-hmm. I believe in it. But at the same time, I personally haven't even had any wild experiences to make me have that belief, which is frustrating in many mm-hmm. times because I feel like I want that. Yeah. But even it's like, it's funny. So I explained and I haven't really mentioned on the podcast, but my mom had the heart issue. Almost lost her. And we got breakfast the other day. Now she's out of the hospital. We went to her favorite restaurant that she picked at like a breakfast spot. Mm-hmm. It's like a, something it's like witch theme, which is weird. But it was okay. me, my mom, my two sisters. And then she like points to the menu. Like, this isn't a big deal. But it was um, whatever the, the… I'm not forgetting the name of it. But it was… Um, I, I wish I had another heart. or Something with a heart. And she had a whole heart. And she was like, oh, that's funny. We should all order it. And then while we're talking about that, this song comes on. It's called Second Chance. And fuck, I got to look this up right now because I'm forgetting about it. But the whole lyric was like over and over again. Whatever the song Second Chance is, it was, I uh, give this heart a second chance over and over again. Mm-hmm. While this was happening, we're talking about this. And then we made a bad joke. I, want to say, I could be reaching because once again, I haven't had these experiences. Yeah. But me and my sister were losing it once that song on replay when we just sat down noticing the drink. And then all of a sudden this song, give this heart a second chance on repeat as we're talking mm. about it. And part of it is like, that could literally mean nothing. I could be losing my mom. We got breakfast in middle of Jersey and it's just, that's all it was. For sure. But then I'm like, does it really matter if it just gives you that little brief moment of levity and you exactly. find meaning in it? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because so, someone else, they could just be like, why does this song keep on playing? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like literally a busboy in the back is like, yo, I'm, I'm going to sample He's this like song. The butt. Like, why isn't this thing working? <laughs> like, that could you know? literally be it. And maybe all of it is just that. Yeah. But maybe also, if I'm taking like the the other side of the coin, maybe the fact that guy's doing that is mm-hmm. all part of it too. Uh, actually, I wanted to ask you, because you brought up the song thing. Do you have anything where it's like, if this, for me, there's a song. And if this song plays, I will, like, I, I freak out and I need to get away. If mm-hmm. it's playing in a room, I need to get away from it because I my I still can't handle it to this day. Yes. Uh, I would say pretty much any Elvis song, but I would probably say Elvis, was it Fool's Rush In? That's a great song too. Or, yeah, yeah, Fool's Rush In Guess Me. I don't know, which is kind of like a weird romantic song for me to think of with my dad. But it's just Elvis in general. That yeah. song, I don't know what Who's it is. Who's a big Elvis fan? That, that song bangs me up. Yeah. But I, but I, but I don't avoid, when it comes on, like all these times I'm driving my car, even now, 34 years old, I was 12 at the time, I'll just put that puppy on blast because sometimes I feel like I 
want to feel something. That's good that you could do that. That's really good that Is you it? do that. Is it? Is it psychotic? No, nah, I wish I could do that. Because um, there's a song. So I remember when my mom first started going to get chemo. There was this song by Creed. It's called With Arms Wide Open. Of course. And for some reason, whenever we'd be right before we get into the hospital, that song would play. And then I remember when she was told that she has a fighting chance, that song, she got in the car and that song played. And she took that song as a sign, like, like keep your arms open, keep your heart open, like, just be strong. You know what I mean? And to this day, if that song... I, I have it on my phone in my Apple Music for hoping that one day I'll be able to listen to it. And every once in a while, my the music will go, like, it'll go, go, go. And then it comes on. I'm like, eh. you don't do it. You don't <laughs> no, do it? I can't. I have to, like, quickly, like, ch- change the song because I can't handle it. What is that place it takes you to? What is it doing to you? I don't know. It's weird. It's just, maybe I probably should talk to a doctor about it. Doctor? But like a psychologist, psychiatrist, uh, something like that. Like a podiatrist? And yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I can't throat. listen to Creed, Doc. <laughs> My ear doctor, I can't hear it. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, I get it, but I'm just curious. You know, I just go to this like… It just brings me back to that. And it makes me like… Like I feel her, but I also… That's one of the few times I feel really sad. Mm. Because I'm, I, it puts me in my mom's mental set where she was ready for anything and she was ready to fight no matter what so it brings me back to that place where you know i was optimistic she was optimistic and i thought i was going to have my mom for the rest of my life you know what i mean and it's just a hard thing to face um it's probably something wrong mentally that i probably i've never gone to a a therapist or anything like that i've always been too scared you know and now better help for like a month did you yeah then the guy literally told me he was retiring that's and, he, great. and then he came back. I was like, fuck, fuck it. So BetterHelp is great. Just in case you're a sponsor in the future. <laughs> For me, it's just… And now that I do comedy, I'm always scared that like I'm going to talk to someone and they're going to fix me and I'm not going to be funny anymore. Oh, is that… Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel your comedy stems from… 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm… If I wasn't as wacky and psychotic as I am, I probably wouldn't look at the world the way I do. Mm. And I always feel like if I fix that, I'm just going to be like, well, maybe I should get a nine to five. You know, like… There's nothing really here anymore. I wonder if that's There's like, nothing to dig into. I wonder if that's like the Eminem effect. Like Eminem's raps, we're not the same. We're not quite still amazing. But oh, yeah, after he sobered up, right? Yeah, sobered up, got he's rich as shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still making a he's still doing just fine. Yeah, like but you know, there's a transition. There. Which there's a lot of comics that they get rich and they just can't identify with people anymore. And I feel like most people are pretty depressed people. You know, yeah. like most people go have gone through shit, and it's like it helps me kind of connect to people. You know, when I could understand other people is when I could, like, with jokes that I could connect to people. Those are the best ones, you know? And I'm always scared that I'm going to fix me and I'm not going to be good or not going to be… And I know that's a crazy way to think, but it's just like… I'm like, you know what? I've been able to deal with it for this long by myself. Why am I going to fix that? Well, it's interesting because I've, I've seen you… I haven't seen you perform in a while, so I, mean, I, pr- I probably haven't seen a lot of your new stuff. But when I have seen you perform, I don't remember hearing any… Uh, not, not, your jokes didn't seem too death related or anything like that yet they just, no, but not, that, not that it has to be death related I'm sure it comes from that yeah I don't see too much of that I just I kind of come from like a I forgot the word for it it's like I try and go to places that are gonna possibly divide people right you know and and for some reason if you go to those places and also bring people together in those division jokes like those jokes are the best those jokes hit the hardest because a lot of people are like Okay, you know what? 
you went there and you did it the right way. Like, and you, and you also said possibly. No, there's if, people who don't. Because if you go to a place that will divide people, is that where you start getting crossing the line of cancellation? No, I mean I do that a lot now. You just push it. Yeah. I just what is that? Is that where you at? Right, the progression you've made, or just a confidence level? I think it's a confidence thing because I've gotten to the point where I've been able to do jokes that people say you shouldn't do, and I've. I'm confident enough in my writing abilities that I could do this in a way that's not like, I have a joke right now that's, it's going very well on Instagram that it's not like one of those dark jokes, but it's just, it's a joke that people are like, you shouldn't do that. Which one was this? My N-word joke. Oh um, yeah, that was hilarious. And it's, I've, I've gained a huge black following from that joke. And every day I get different comments going, this is the first time I've seen a white person pull off an N-word joke. And it's actually not like a mean-spirited joke. You know what I mean? So, how much of it is is that you know, the way? Obviously, the way you write the joke, but the way you come off has to have a big. It's both for yeah. sure. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that are like, there's like edgy comedians that are like, I'm just gonna do a joke about that, and if they don't like it, then fuck them. You know? Yeah. And it's like I don't ever like to have that. I I don't want people to pay to see me and be like, wow, I can't believe I got a babysitter and spent money, and now I'm sad going home, you know? Yeah, you don't want to go Michael Richardson. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's not the, yeah, that was a bad one. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a little different. I mean, that's, you know, that was a whole other animal. Poor guy, I saw him on, uh, he was on a Jerry Seinfeld show with Coffee and Carver Comedians. Mm-hmm. And I watched that episode, and I kind of, I feel like, I don't, I'm not recollecting it fully, but it kind of came up, and he seemed like very more remorseful yeah. about it. Oh, speaking of from before, I had some, my dad talked to me about something pretty recently that was new to me about, my mom's sickness. Very recent, he told me. And um, this bothered me a lot. And I'm still in a very strange place where I don't know how to react. So my mom, when remember I told you she went to this one doctor and he said, you got like six months, right? Then she went to this other doctor, this Filipino guy, that he was so positive and he was so awesome. Because, like, I guess one of my aunts had a friend that worked in this hospital that's like, this is the best guy. You got to go to this guy. And that was the guy who changed everything. Like, he was doing all the different types of chemos and different combinations where my mom was starting to do so much better. And there was a point where it was looking like things were going to be fine, like completely fine, right? Like, she was, uh, what's remission? She was in remission. Mm -hmm. And it was so long since she showed any signs of cancer that the doctor was like, this is going really good. And like my mom was pumped. I didn't know about that. I was too young for them to really tell me about it. But apparently at the time, my whole family was like so excited. And they were so happy. Like this doctor was doing amazing things. And uh, that doctor never took a vacation in his whole life, right? He was always, always working. And at one point, his wife convinced him to go on vacation. And um, I guess they were in, I forgot if it was, Baltimore or somewhere in Jersey where they were going to the, might have been Newark, to drop off their car and they were going to go into the airport. And uh, this guy's never taken a vacation, never taken a day off. This guy, I guess, is in the parking lot and a bunch of guys run up on him trying to steal his car and, and rob him. And I guess he must have fought back and they killed him. What? Yeah. This guy was everything to my, like, this guy was my mom's rock. Like, this guy was the best at what he did. And my mom was in such a good place. So my dad told me when, after he passed, we had to find a new doctor. And then when we went to the new doctor and we went to a couple people, they're like, 
and it doesn't really look too good. And like my mom's like morale dropped and something happened where it just, it was just, she was like on a downward spiral after that. But up until then, that whatever that doctor was doing, like he was the best at what he did. Like she was in such a good place. And like, there's a part of me that, cause those guys are, who did that are in jail for life. Right. And there's a part of me, there's two sides. There's one side that wants to write them a letter in jail and be like, fuck you. You know, like, you ruined the chances of my mom being at my wedding one day. You know, like, whether they did or didn't, you know, like, whether whatever would happen after that. But, like, my mom went on a steady... That was when things started to go the worst. And it never recovered after that. And then there's the other side of me that it's like, they are already in prison for life and they're already in a cell and they have to think about what they did. And would me telling them what they did and what they did to me, is that just, is that going to make me feel better? You know, it's, it's, is being vindictive and be, and having a vendetta against these guys who maybe they were on drugs and made the wrong decision. I don't know. I'm, I try, I've been trying to tackle this and try to tell myself because it takes so much for me to not like visit them and be like, I want to fucking kill you, mm-hmm. you know? But the other part of me is like, I've, as I've grown emotionally, especially with my mom doing this whole thing, like it's made me realize that everyone's going through something. You never know what someone's going through. And sometimes you might think someone's just a fucking asshole, but they could be going through some shit where they're like, I need money or else my kids are going to, you know? And it's like, it's no... I'm not trying to justify what they did because there's, sometimes there's some things you can't justify, but you have to do, you know? And I don't think that guy deserved to die. And I don't think that what they did was right. But I also don't think me making them realize that they also... I, the, I, I wouldn't feel better if that guy killed... Like, those guys killed themselves in prison. I would feel worse about it, you know? So it's been just like this constant struggle the past, like, two months where I do think about it all the time, but then I remember, I'm like, is that what my mom would have wanted? Would she want me to go into a negative headspace? You know? Like, I try and do that every day. Like I said, like, is this a positive thing? I mean, the, the foundation that you found in regards to always going back to what your mom would think is huge. But uh, I had this woman on my podcast, her name is Scarlett, and she lost her son at the Sandy Hook school shootings. And this is gonna, Damn. this is gonna relate at some point. And I remember one thing that stood out to me, she's talking about forgiveness. <clears throat> and it mentioned something of this sort where she forgave the school shooters. And which is when I first heard, I was like, okay, go on. That's, mm-hmm. that's a lot. And people thought she was crazy. How could you forgive these kids? And she made something clear. She's like, I forgave those kids not for them. She's like, I forgave those kids for me. Yeah. I forgave me because I'm holding that weight. And I'm, I'm true. And you have to truly forgive. I think there's half-assed forgiveness, but she seemed to have truly forgiven those kids. Who mm-hmm. knows if she was taking the same route as what you were talking about, how people are going through some shit. Who knows how they were raised, what they had wrong with their heads. But she forgave the school shooters that killed her kid in wow. Sandy Hook. And I'm bringing that up because I just, I don't know, I'm finding some correlation of, I don't know, maybe may speculative, but is there a level of forgiving those guys in prison and not taking the other route? And you're not forgiving them in a sense that you forgive them because of what they did so much, but that's part of it. But it's more if you find forgiveness to those guys that clearly affected the path your mom was on. I wonder if that's that's a weight that you're releasing. Yeah, I think so. Because Tell me to fuck off. That's completely wrong. No, no. Yeah. You're you're on, 
definitely that's definitely on the right track because when you were saying that, I remember in my head while you were telling me that story, and I I bet you anyone knows what I'm about to say has felt this before. Like when you've watched a movie or you watch like Dateline and some fucked up shit happens, like you watch that. And when someone says, I forgive them, you're like, nah, I would fucking, <laughs> I would make sure I go to prison yeah. and find them in prison and stab them in their cell. <laughs> and then when it happens to you, you realize you can go two ways. You could be an angry person. And no matter what you do angrily, it's never going to make you feel better. It's not bringing your or mom back. you could go, I need to do what's right for me. And being angry at this person is not what's right for me. Right. And that's the only way you're going to get, you might not ever get through it. You know, like you might, you're never, I don't ever feel like, and I'm sure you understand this. You never fully get over this stuff. It's just a hole that you try and do your best to keep a nice feeling over. But there's always any little divot, any little small, anything could just like, Cave it all in, you know, like you could just start crying. I'm a grown man and I could just start crying on the street when I hear the Bee Gees, you know, like, so it's like, yeah, you just have to just learn how to just forgiving is huge. And also just trying to just stay. I know it sounds so corny, like saying to stay positive. It's real. Like waking up every day. And this is something I've done for the past, like, I don't remember when I started, but waking up and doing and just being grateful for what I do have and grateful for my health. Like the other day, it made me realize like, I was like, my mom was 42 when she died. I'm 33. I'm like, she was nine years older than me, you know? And it's like, if I, that that's not a very long life at all. So I'm grateful because I'm at the, around the age when she found out she had it. And I go, I'm a hypochondriac with my health. So I get my blood work done every three months and stuff like that. Oh, damn. Yeah. So uh, the fact that I'm in perfect health and like I, every time I go, like there's anxiety because, you know, you never know what's in your like genetic. I'm so grateful for my health that I'm just like, I'm trying to do my best to just not be one of those people that just keep, I was that guy that was just Mm -hmm. depressed and angry and taking it out on people and taking it out on my loved ones. And like I lost, like me and my dad didn't talk for like two years. Oh wow! Because he was in such a fucked up place, I was in such a fucked up place that we just—it was hard for us to be around each other, you know. And it made me lose time with my younger brother because I had to get out of the house. That I wish I still—I to this day it kills me that I wasn't there for him as much as possible. Because now that I look back and he told me that thing about what's mom like, it made me realize I'm like. He's such a strong person. I admire him so much because he was able to do that with like he's doing he's on tour with Coldplay right now. Like what? his his band is toured like he was in a band that toured the world. They literally have been to every continent. And then he left music like playing to be the sound engineer for all these big bands. Like he does Coldplay, he does, he's done Oprah, like every Oprah's like, got an album? Yeah. <laughs> no, she was uh, she was on a speaking <laughs> tour. Yeah. And uh Every big band you could think of, like he's done Ozfest, and like he's played at Ozfest before, and he's done. He's been so successful without all that. It makes me so proud of him. It's beautiful, man. You know, I just went on such a long rant. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> this is what's the podcast. Is yeah. what we're supposed to be doing. But it just again, it's dude. It's um, it's here, and I, I'm. I don't want to keep bringing it back to my mom. But what you're saying again is, my mom is active. You know, she's 66. 
Mm-hmm. 11-mile bike rides, play golf the day before, and they should know our heart stops. <clears throat> it could be MPV's genetic, this or that, whatever. But at the same time, it's up here saying you're as healthy as it gets. You work out, this and that. But you still feel anxiety. It's like it's all up here. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm not a doctor. It's gonna be, I'm not saying this or that. All I'm saying is a lot of our problems physically, from what I'm understanding, and our health is the way we perceive things. I, sure. love, I just love the way you are contemplating that. It seems like all, everything, this entire podcast, you've been looking at things in one way and flipping it the other way, and it shifts the way you see things. And that's how we slowly change grief in many ways and how we change all the shit that we're going through. Sometimes that, that just flip, turning it over. Can I ask you a question actually? Nah. Okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, go on. So do you feel more protective of your mom now? Then having one parent around, like, cause with my dad, like even though me and him went through shit for a while, like I'm so protective and like, so I always worry about, I, I call him constantly always making sure he's like, he had a heart attack a couple years back. And, uh, he actually had a thing in front of me, which was crazy. Um, so we were, we were eating and he was oh, in front of you. Yeah. He was that? <clears throat> I just understand the thing in front of you then. Sorry. And it, well, we were, I was at his house like a couple months ago and he was eating, like we're eating together. And then he went to go take a sip of his drink and he started having like a seizure <sighs> and not to be funny, but, I was like, I had to grab him and I'm like, are you okay? And it took him a couple seconds to realize where he was. And I'm like, what's your name? And he said his name. And I'm like, who's the president? And he's like, Donald Trump. And I'm like, all right, he's fine. <laughs> Cause he's such a hardcore Republican. He would not say, if he said Biden, I would have been like, yo, we gotta go to the hospital right now. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, and, and now I've been like calling him like every day to just make sure he's good. But it turned out it's just the thing that, Apparently happens to some people. If you eat food too fast and drink seltzer, you could have a black. It's called a like a blackout from food and drinking because like the carbonation in the soda. I don't know if you ever drank soda and got super lightheaded. I've had mind erasers. Yeah, where that ha- you could actually black out apparently if you eat too fast and drink carbonated drinks too fast. So I'm saying we're worried about the health. This that drive. Like you could die from seltzer. I know, right? Like what the <laughs> fuck? We, why are we worried about anything? I'm I just know. like you don't know when it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's a cra- that's a crazy. But do you feel story. like you're a little more protective and always worried now? Definitely, hundred percent. And it took, I think, as I got older, because it happened when I was so young, that I made that realization more clearly than I am now. But hundred percent, and it, it's a balance there because you don't want to be suffocating, but you just do as long as you're doing it out of love and not paranoid. Yeah, and that then, yes, yeah, so I think mm-hmm. that's fine. But yeah, he, like my buddy said when he checked in with my mom, he's like, like my buddy texted me, letting me know what other my friends said. He thought it was funny. He's like, damn, Dave's running out of parents. <laughs> but he didn't mean to say it in a funny way. But he's like, my homie had to tell no, me. It's true. But it's true. I mean, I only got I only got two of them unless you're Mormon, and it's you like you don't realize it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's, I don't know, uh-huh. but but yeah, it's it, it, dude, loss and the experience that you and me had, and again, what you said, everyone's going through it. So I was thinking about my mom again. Mom, sorry for listening. I don't think she's going to make it this part of the episode. But it's like I was in the ICU and I see all my, she has so much support. Me and my sisters are by her side the mm-hmm. entire time. And I see other people in the ICU and they're not, no one's coming to stay. That's him. rough. So it's like mm-hmm. everyone's going through it and it just, it, it makes us a little more compassionate even when messed up shit happens. Um, are we on time? Sorry. Oh, sweet. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh nice. Sorry, right. like we're really, Sean, if you're listening, just edit this part out. Um, <laughs> But yeah, dude, it shifts. It shifts everything, and it's um, and it's so much weird. I, I, my my mom had to get defibrillated. Is that the right word? Yeah, yeah. Verbing? defibrillated. Defibrillated. Frib or fib? What I say? Uh, you said defibrillated. Defrib. 
There's a frib. Okay, yeah. So there's a right. frib in there? I think there's a frib. Okay, well, she got that. And, uh, but it feels like we did. It literally feels like this entire experience, looked. I felt like we did. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> me and my sisters are already so close. And obviously, what we've gone through, and they're, they've, we're blessed to have that relationship. It's not always there. Yeah. You know, you had a, a little uh, separation. And Is your uh, sisters, are they older or younger than you? Older. So my oldest is seven years in the middle. That's uh, five and a half. So okay. I'm a baby. <clears throat> but um, we've always lived with this gratefulness and this and that, especially with that event and supporting each other. But this was, um, maybe it was just different because you know, I'm a grown man going through this. And I didn't lose my mom. And, you know, I didn't. And then it makes me question, how come my mom survived? And other people that have cardiac arrest, even though it's a very high percentage that don't survive. Like, mm-hmm. my, wh- why? And I asked those questions, but it doesn't matter. I just got to be grateful. But those these experiences just completely woke me up. And now I'm literally been blessed. It's only been 10 days ago. I'm rethinking everything. I'm even thinking today, I was like, I had the great experience recording in the park. I'm like, I got to move back to New York. And I've, I've, it's always been my plan. I want to be bi-coastal. Yeah. But now after this experience, even my best friend messaged me during this was happening. He's like, dude, I just want to let I know what you're thinking. Like, I don't want you to... F- extra pressure on yourself thinking that you have to move back now because of this. Cause and it was hundred percent. That's what I was thinking. I got to move back. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just rocks. It just rocks your world. But at the same time, this is what, this is it. My part of me is I get upset. I feel the emotions. I think that's important, but I realized this is, this is what, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. This is, we're going to, this is life. And whether you like it or not like it, I think you're not going to, you don't got to learn to like the shitty moments, but partially kind of, because mm-hmm. I, I, this is, one of these, the hardest things I've ever had to go through, but I was a- so easily able to see the beauty in it. The way me and my sisters work together, my um, my mom's partner, my family, the, the, how me and my sisters just supporting each other. Don't worry, you go home, sleep. I'll stay at the hot. Like, Brings you guys together, especially even you guys, more. You know, because you probably don't <clears throat> see each other as much as you did when you. Because that's the thing when you when you grow up. I don't know who was the person in your family that like my mom was the person that kept everybody together. You know what I mean? So like the last time for a while, like people weren't were together was before she passed. You know, yeah. so. I'm sure you get it's probably the same thing for you where when she when I, my family's together, it's like that feeling when she was back, you know, like yeah. it happened pretty. I forgot where we were. It was just I got to see all my dad's side of the family that I haven't seen him forever because my mom was the one that was always setting. Things. My dad can't set up a a family <laughs> get together, you know. He, if he uses he uses he just learned with TikTok, it so he's not gonna like <laughs> hit people up. So. I'm sure you probably got that feeling that probably brought you closer to your family. Like you guys all being around each other, working together, probably felt like being a young kid again, where yeah. it was like, I like you feel loved. Like you feel everybody around you. It, it sucks that that's always, that's usually what the reason why it happens. Yeah. It's always a bad thing happens. But it's also one of those things where, to be grateful where you're like, I love being around everybody again. Cause like I hate that I don't see my family anymore. You it know? sucks. Yeah. It sucks. And then, but then again, it's like, that's part of life too. We got to, I don't know. We can't be easy on ourselves. And it's just, I think I've been thinking about it even more during this. I truly feel it. This is going to sound corny as hell, but it's like, I think whatever the hell this is, whatever this life is, I don't know what's going on after, before, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think we're just here to learn. Yeah. I think we're just straight up just supposed to go through shit. Like, you don't learn. Like, I had another guy on that was talking about, he's like, you don't, just take it with a grain of salt. He's like, you don't learn much when you're happy, which is like, I've learned things when I was happy. I learned how yeah. to, like, you know, Build a treehouse or something. Learn but, how to dance. But yeah. No one, dan- no one learns how to dance when they're sad. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a new thing. Yeah, that's fair. So I was like, I found those loopholes, but I get what he was saying. Like, these are the moments that you build up and you can't go either way. And it's so it makes, makes you question why some people go that way, why some people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just different dynamics. Like some people don't have the family that I have and and the family that you have and vice versa. There's so many different dynamics. 
And ultimately, I just think this is whether you like it or not, this is the life we are in. Yeah. And what are we supposed to do? It teaches you to appreciate everything, even the bad moments. Like when things at times are bad, times are good. If you just appreciate being in the moment, it makes life so much better. Like I try, no matter where I'm going through life, like my girl says to me all the time, she's like, I don't know how you don't freak the fuck out. Like if something's not going right, she's like, you don't freak out. I'm like, I'm just trying to be present. Yes. I'm trying to stay positive. Even in those times where like back when I was doing stand up and I wasn't making money and like we were fucking stressing over bills and shit like that. She'd be like, I don't know how you're not constantly having panic attacks. She's like, are you like, what's going on? And I'm like, I understand bad times happen, but there's going to be a time in the future where we look back and we're kind of like, those times weren't that bad. And I'm glad that we were able to stick together and be with each other and help each other emotionally through these times. And it's like, you always hear the, the rich guy. It's like my best time, me and my wife was back when we were scraping together quarters for a pizza. You know what I mean? It's like, those times, as much as they suck, when you look back, you're like, oh, that's a, a emotional building you have with your partner or with other people. So it's like, instead of just freaking out, just understand that like you're going to get through this. And that's what losing my mom has helped me out with, was understanding you're, things are going to happen and you are you will get through it. You're not always going to be perfect on the way out. You're, not, you're probably not going to come out unscathed, but you're going to come out a better person for it, for sure. As long as you understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, you know, people that just, don't understand that it's very easy a lot of people just don't get out and they they don't, they don't make it to the top of the water yeah but it's that understanding that's very that's a that's as perfect as a thought could be in regards to getting out of it because it will pass mm-hmm. it's not and it's going to take a lot of time and it might sit with it might the grief is going to stay with you for the rest yeah. of your life but <clears throat> it always in i think I always say this in the moment things just seem impossible like it's like this feels like this is forever but i think like you said being present when something's done it's done it's happened okay you know, I'm not saying, okay, this happened, just get over it immediately. You work, work it out. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's, it's, a, it's a tough act of like learning from the past. Don't dwell on the past, but learn from it and be cognitive of the future and have your goals, mm-hmm. but also just be present. It's so like it's a like, balancing act. So yeah, you're juggling like nine balls on a flute. Like I don't mm-hmm. even fucking… But you get better at it. The more things that happen to you, the better you get at it. 100%. And that's what I… I my cousin was going through some stuff and I… I thought the quote was cool. I don't know what the hell I said, but I was like, some some sailors are just better in choppy waters than another one. But you got to go through the choppy water to become a good sailor. And it's like life is always going to be choppy water, and then it's going to be smooth sailing. But there's always going to be a storm coming, one that's way or another. Quote. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. And I, I, I it's just I kind of just added to it, but maybe I'll work it on that. And <laughs> also, someone might have said that it could be plagiarizing, but there's a, a lot of sailing ocean quotes of life. Yeah, but that's my point. I was like, these some some sailors are good in choppy. And you're going to get those choppy waters, and as long as you just. I, I like to expect the unexpected mm-hmm. and understand that life's going to throw me shit. I hope it throws me less and less, but I'm, I'm not like manifesting bad shit, but I think we can get better and better at handling when it comes. You might mm-hmm. be able to recover quicker. You might be able to just handle it quicker and be there for other people quicker. But I, it's, it is like- It helps be- to you too. So, cause I don't know, like whatever situation you're in, if you're with someone, like if things aren't working out and you've already taught yourself how to be all right with this and know you're going to get through it, it helps you could help other people around you understand that things are going to be better. Cause like I've been, I've like over my relationship, I've been able to help my girl get through things and understand it's not that like, it's not going to last forever. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's good to have someone who's been through it 
where you could be there for the other person, which is super important. Because if you have two people, it's gone. Not to, not a good situation. I uh, know. The worlds are colliding. Yeah. But that's why you're sitting across from right now and sharing that because it's me learning from your experience that's going to help me and your experience that's going to help others even if you haven't experienced it. Mm -hmm. And I always say, I want people to, you know, not realize before something's gone to learn. You can learn from other people. And sometimes it takes getting burned by the fire yourself and the yes, okay. But you can still take something from someone else and that's why you're sitting here sharing your story. So, now, I, Nick, I really want to thank you for hopping on here. It's amazing. Thank you for having me, man. Of course, man. I'm going to plug everything in the bottom. So it's always the worst transition talking about death and saying, what do you got going on? But uh, feel free to like, you know. <laughs> I'm in but, Austin, Texas. Next week. <laughs> so I'm, hoping, I'm hoping, I'm not sure the exact thing next week or a week. So I just want to, whatever you're going to say, but tell people they can find you. If you got anything you want to just say, feel, take, the, take the mic. So I am going to be in Austin, Texas with Brian Callen on the 3rd through the 5th. Then I will be in San Antonio, uh, actually, if you go to Brian Callen's website, you'll see the dates that I'm with them. But for me, if you want to see me headline, I'm going to be in Houston uh, August 18th, 19th. And then I'm going to be in Poughkeepsie, New York on September 8th, headline in that show too. And you can just follow me anywhere. I'm on everything at Not Nick Simmons. He's on everything. You hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, uh, I never tell people to hit the notification bell. So if you're watching on YouTube, just fucking hit that. Apparently the stats on my YouTube channel are very low there. Anyway, Later, guys. Till next time. Bye.